All right, appreciate that message, uh, the song, Miss Heather, Miss Jane. If you got your Bible, get to Matthew chapter 26. I know uh, many of you probably are disappointed that I'm speaking tonight. Uh, Pastor announced that Max is preaching on Wednesday and did not announce that I was preaching tonight, probably for my sake. But uh, I've, I've really enjoyed uh, both our Sunday morning and Sunday night series uh, here these last few months. I mean, uh, I, I cannot tell you how great it is to see somebody who's not just reciting what they read in a book, but going into the Bible and just preaching and teaching the Bible, Amen. right? I, I'm glad our church is not just about what we are not, right? We're not like you know, these other religions across the world, but we are following as closely as we possibly can what the Bible says. And, uh, you know, that, that's a great privilege that we have. And uh, for our pastor to have so much content available, just should just tell you that uh, he spends a lot of time in the Word of God. And, uh, you know, that I, I'm, I'm so thankful not just to have him as my pastor, but to have him as my dad, because I got to hear it uh, growing up my whole life. And, uh, you know, I'm just uh, so thankful for uh, the home that God chose to put me into. Uh, we're going to be in Matthew chapter 26. If you could get your, uh, a finger in Ezekiel chapter number 33 as well. But uh, Matthew chapter 26, this is uh, just before Jesus' betrayal. And uh, he is with his disciples. He's completed the uh, Last Supper with them. And uh, they're off to the Garden of Gethsemane. And uh, it's very interesting that Jesus uh, had his disciples with him for three and a half years, and they basically were with him probably 90 plus percent of the time that Jesus was around. There were times where Jesus was away from his disciples, right, when he was talking to the, uh, the, the Samaritan woman at the well, uh, uh, when he was uh, off in the mountains to pray. Uh, there were times where he came and found them on the sea, right? Uh, Jesus was separated from his disciples, but the majority of the time Jesus was with them, and here is uh, one, uh, the only one that I'm aware of, the only time where his disciples were sleeping when they should have been doing something else. And so let's, uh, let's go ahead and stand for the reading of the Word of God today. We're going to start in Matthew chapter 26, and we're going to start in verse 30. The Bible says, And when they had sung a hymn, they went out into the Mount of Olives. Then saith Jesus unto them, All ye shall be offended because of me this night. For it is written, I will smite the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock shall be scattered abroad. But after I am risen again, I will go before you into Galilee. Peter answered and said unto him, Though all men should be offended because of thee, yet will I never be offended. Jesus said unto him, Verily I send to thee, that this night before the cock crow thou shalt deny me thrice. Peter said unto him, Though I should die with thee, yet will I not deny thee. Likewise also said all the disciples. Then cometh Jesus with them unto a place called Gethsemane, and saith unto the disciples, Sit ye here, while I go and pray yonder. And he took with him Peter, the two sons of Zebedee, and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. And he saith unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful, even unto death. Tarry ye here, and watch with me. And he went a little, little farther, and fell on his face, and prayed, saying, O my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. And he cometh unto his disciples, and findeth them asleep, saith unto Peter, What could ye not watch with me at one hour? Watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went away again the second time and prayed, saying, O my father, if this cup may uh, not pass from me except I drink it, thy will be done. 
And he came and found them asleep again, for their eyes were, very, were heavy. And he left them and went away again and prayed the third time, saying the same words. Then cometh he to his disciples and saith unto them, Sleep on now and take your rest. Behold, the hour is at hand. Son of man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. And uh, we'll go ahead and stop right there. You can be seated. And uh, this, this story is in all the Gospels. And very famously, when Jesus told his disciples to pray and to watch with him, they fell asleep. And uh, even after being woken up by Jesus, they fell back asleep. It tells me a couple of things. It tells me they didn't quite understand the magnitude of the situation that was going on. But it also, the Bible tells us that their eyes were very heavy. They were very tired. And even though they were very tired, Jesus asked them to watch and pray with him. And uh, in verse 41, he uh, basically gave Peter a pretty, uh, I would say, a scathing response, right? Especially right after Peter just said, hey, you know, Lord, I'm not going to deny you no matter what. I'm going to die with you. Uh, Jesus said to Peter specifically, can you not watch with me for one hour? Peter had brashly said that he would never forsake and deny Jesus. And I wonder if when Jesus spoke those words to Peter, James, and John, and specifically to Peter, uh, I wonder if uh, Jesus had an idea that Peter needed to watch more than the other two. Either way, Jesus told them to tarry and watch with him in verse 38. He asked them again in verse 40, could you not watch with me one hour? And then in verse 41, he tells them to watch and pray lest they enter, enter into temptation. And what I want to talk about tonight is this, this idea of watching and praying. Right? Uh, we, we often think of prayer, and prayer is obviously very important. It's one of the most important parts of our Christian life. And Jesus here doesn't just tell his disciples to pray. He tells them to watch and pray. And we as believers, we have a mandate from God, and we're going to see this from a number of passages in the Scripture, to not just pray, to not just, uh, to not just be aware of the fact that we need to pray, but to watch and to pray. And so we're going to look at what it means to watch tonight. We're going to look at why we should watch, and we're going to look at how we can better watch uh, in, in our society today. And uh, in Ezekiel chapter 33, uh, if you want to go ahead and turn there, this is a very clear passage, a very clear illustration that the Bible uses regarding somebody being on watch. And there is a, a, a watchman of a city who would keep an eye out for enemies coming to attack them. And uh, we're going to look here in Ezekiel chapter 33. We're going to read a few verses here and we're going to keep on moving. Verse number 1, Ezekiel chapter 33. The Bible says, Again the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, speak to the children of thy people and say unto them, When I bring the sword upon the land, if people of the land take a man of their coast and set him for their watchman. If when he seeth the sword come upon the land, he blow the trumpet and warn the people, then whosoever heareth the sound of the trumpet and taketh not warning, if the sword come and take him away, his blood shall pee upon his own head. He heard the sound of the trumpet and took not warning, his blood shall be upon him. But he that taketh warning shall deliver his soul. But if the watchman see the sword come and blow not the trumpet, and the people be not warned, if the sword come and take any person from among them, he is taken away in his iniquity, but his blood will I require at the watchman's hand. So thou, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore thou shalt hear the word of, the, of, the, of my mouth and warn them from me. When I say unto the wicked, O wicked man, thou shalt surely die, if thou dost not speak to warn the wicked man from his way, that wicked man shall die in his iniquity, but his blood will I require at thine hand. 
Nevertheless, if thou warn the wicked of his way to turn from it, if he do not turn from his way, he shall die in his iniquity, but thou hast delivered thy soul. Right? This is a pretty challenging passage of Scripture, right? We as uh, believers, right, this is a message to the prophet Ezekiel here. He has been set as a watchman unto the house of Israel, and we as believers have been set as watchmen, as people of God, not just to uh, the, those who are lost in this world, but to those that God has placed under us, those who, who God has given us influence and authority over. We have been set as a mouthpiece to proclaim the word of God to those people, to warn them against the enemy that is seeking to come into their life. And when we fail to warn people, the Bible tells us that uh, their blood is on our hands. That's, if that's not a sobering thought, I don't know what is. Right? What that means is uh, all the lost people in our lives that we know that we have not shared the gospel with, uh, this verse teaches us that their blood is on our hands. What this teaches us is that people who God has placed under our authority, people who God has given us uh, influence over, when we do not proclaim the word of God to them, when we do not uh, warn them of enemies to, that, are, that are coming to try and to destroy them, uh, we have some accountability when it comes to their destruction. This is really important. We are supposed to watch. We are set as watchmen. And uh, this idea is actually not just something we see in the Old Testament. If you want to turn up to 2 Corinthians chapter 6 as well. 2 Corinthians chapter 6. We have been tasked by Christ to watch. An illustration of a watchman of a city and a a prophet uh, watching for the people of God. And in 2 Corinthians chapter number 6, we're going to see Paul actually talking about this very subject. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, we're going to start in verse 3. The Bible says, Giving no offense in anything, that that the ministry be not blamed, but in all things approving ourselves as the ministers of God, in much patience and afflictions, in necessities and distresses, in stripes and imprisonments, in tumults, in labors, in watchings, in fastings, right? In watchings, right? This is a specific time that Paul is referencing where uh, a a set time where he was placed as a watch over those whom God has set him to minister over, right? It's not just a constant vigilance that we must have as God's people. There are specific times where we are to watch over God the situations that are going on around us, right? Peter and James and John were asked by Jesus to watch as he went and prayed. They were to watch and pray as Jesus went, that they would not enter into temptation themselves. We have been given specific times and special times where we are supposed to watch and pray, right? I hope that you are vigilant enough to recognize special times in the lives of those around you where Satan is attacking them in a more specific and a more targeted way than normal, and you take time to watch and pray for those that God has placed in your life, right? That is a very important part of our Christian life. And if you look up in chapter number 11 of 2 Corinthians, we're going to see the same thing. Second Corinthians chapter 11 We're going to start in verse 24. It says, Of the Jews received I forty stripes, save one. Thrice I was beaten with rods. Once was I stoned. Thrice I suffered shipwreck. A night and a day I have been in the deep. In journeyings often, in perils of waters, 
in perils of robbers, in perils of mine own countrymen, in perils by the heathen, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weariness and painfulness, in watchings often, in hunger and thirst, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness. Right? Uh, in verse 27, in watchings often. Right? Uh, one thing that I, that, that I don't like about this list is that everything on that list is uncomfortable. Everything on the list is actually the opposite of comfortable. It's painful, right? Uh, it's painful to lose sleep sometimes, right? And, and Paul actually listed this as something uh, on a list of things that, you know, you know he, he talked about being stoned, right? He was shipwrecked. He was beaten. All of those things. And he listed watchings and fastings in that. You know, I don't think that we take some of these uh, aspects of our Christian life quite as seriously as they did in the New Testament, to where, you know, right, yeah, I'm uncomfortable fasting after about two hours, right? I, 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 I love to eat, right? Uh, I, I, I have a hard time, right, in, in 2023, we have a hard time focusing on anything, probably because we spend so much time on phones and TV and computers and all these things. We have a hard time stopping and focusing and just contemplating what's going on around us. And so this idea of watching and being vigilant and, and, and seeing what's going on around us and in the lives of other people, this is an important part of our Christian life, and we need to make sure that it is a regular part of our life. This is not something that's just for pastors and uh, apostles. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 13. Hebrews chapter 13, we're, we're, we're talking about watchings. We're going to get into kind of more specifics of what it means to watch here in just a minute, but I want you to see that this is not just a one-off subject that the Bible brings up one time. This is something that we see throughout the Scripture. This is something that we as Christians should make a major part of our life. Hebrews chapter 13, verse number 17, is teaching us about uh, how we should obey them that have the rule over you. Uh, I'll go ahead and read. Obey them which have the rule over you, and submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls as they that must give an account, that they may do it with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable for you. So obviously this verse is teaching those who are under the authority of someone to submit and obey that authority, but it gives us some insight as to why and how those with authority are to use that authority over those God has placed under them. We are to watch for their souls, right? We watch for their souls because we must give an account. Very similar to the task of the watchman, is it not? The watchman is accountable for uh, giving warning to the enemy coming. We as leaders in any capacity are tasked by God himself to watch for the souls of those that God has placed in our life. This is uh, a constant battle that we must fight and we must constantly be vigilant, we must be constantly watching, but there are also special times where we must stop what we're doing and watch and pray. And so uh, we have been invited by Christ to be a watchman against Satan and his forces in the lives of those who God has placed under us. This is for every single believer here because you have the task to watch for the souls of the lost around you. You have been tasked to watch for the souls of those that God has placed any level of influence in you towards them. You are to watch for their souls. This is for every parent. This is for every husband. This is for every, uh, this is for every teacher. This is for every preacher and pastor. We are to be watchers. 
We are to be watchful of what's going on, and I hope that you will take this idea seriously in your life. This is something that is very easy for us to lose sight of, right? We all can get into autopilot mode and begin to coast, right? I'm guilty of that just as much, if not more, than anybody, right? Uh, teenagers are notorious for this, right? Uh, I, I don't know about you, but uh, one of the things that uh, we, we have a lot of teenagers with their learner's permit right now when it comes to driving, right? And uh, one of them in particular, I'm not going to name uh, his name, but whenever I see him driving, I, I, I just automatically fear for the lives of everyone around them, right? Whenever this person is driving, and I, I think I've already gendered him as a he, whenever this person is driving, he has just this, this, this smile on his face that just concerns me a little bit. Like, he's, he's too happy. Like, you, you should be a little more nervous when you're driving because uh, I've seen you drive just in a parking lot, and, it's, and, it, and it scares me, right? Uh, we, we look at teenagers. They are absolutely clueless as to the things going on in their life, right? I was talking to one of our teen boys, and he thought, he didn't think it was a big deal at all that he, on average, spent 12 hours on his phone in a given week. He volunteered that information to me, right? Teenagers, if, if they've been around me at all, they know not to share that information. That's, that's like an instant trigger subject for me, right? That's so much wasted time. You're absolutely clueless. That is not going to be good for you. And he, he, he just had no idea, right? Most people go through life completely unaware and completely negligent of the fact that Satan is actively trying to destroy them. Right? We are to be sober, we're to be vigilant because our adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. We must not be casual in our life. We must be watchful. We must constantly be on guard. We must be vigilant because our adversary is trying to destroy us. Are you watching this evening? You've been tasked by God himself to watch. We've been invited, uh, Peter, James, and John were invited by Jesus to watch and pray. And uh, simply, if I was going to provide a definition for watching, you know, it is a time of consideration and contemplation over the areas where we have been given authority. And if you were to study the root word when it talks about watchings in, in, in the New Testament, it is a time of sleeplessness. Right? It, it, and when you think of a watchman, a watchman was on guard all the time, but predominantly when the enemy would try and surprise uh, a city with an attack, they would come at night, would they not? Right? So it, it is something that takes place predominantly at night where we are watchful over what's going on around us, and uh, we should be vigilant all the time, but these special times of watchings generally will happen at night. Watching is more than just looking critically at what, other, what others are doing. It's not just looking for reasons to criticize and to tear somebody down. It is genuinely watching and trying to see events as Christ would have us see them and respond in a way that will bring that person closer to Christ in the end. We are tasked to watch not just for the souls of others, but to watch for our own lives. Right? When Jesus was talking to Peter, James, and John, right? Uh, watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation, right? He, they, they're supposed to watch for their own selves as well. And we also are not just supposed to watch for others, we're supposed to be watching for ourselves. And uh, this is an often overlooked task that we have, is it not? Right? We often overlook our 
task of watching, and even the best of the apostles failed to watch and pray at a very important time. Right? And if Peter, James, and John could fall asleep when they should have been watching, don't think that you and I would be any exception. Though uh, Peter, James, and John did it, that does not provide an excuse for us when we do it. Right? Especially when you look at Peter and how things worked out for him in the short term after his failure here. Right? Uh, he really met, it, it really hurt him to not watch. Have you been sleeping on your watch? Are you purposefully, consistently watching, analyzing, and seeking to protect yourself and those God has placed under your authority from Satan and his attacks? Watching and praying. Right? Praying is great, but uh, in this particular context, praying is not enough. We must watch and pray. Attacks will come, we must be ready. We cannot only watch when things are easy, we must watch when we're tired. We must watch when they are inconvenient. We must watch even when it's not fun. We must watch even when the person we are watching doesn't appreciate that we're watching. Watch and pray. John chapter 10, verses 12 and 13, the Bible uh, gives an illustration about uh, a hireling versus the shepherd and we know that Jesus is the good shepherd but uh, it's very interesting in verses 12 and 13 of John chapter 10 says but he that is a hireling and not the shepherd whose own whose own the sheep are not seeth the wolf coming and leaveth the sheep and fleeth and the wolf catcheth them and scattereth the sheep the hireling fleeth because he is a hireling and careth not for the sheep when we fail to watch even at a time that is dangerous for us a time that is uh, uh, let, let's just say when we have our own problems when we fail to watch those that God has placed under us, we are behaving more as a hireling than as a shepherd that God has made us. Right? Uh, the hireling, the, the person that, that fails to watch and fails to defend the sheep, they, they, they are someone, uh, they don't care for the sheep. An aspect of your love for the people that God has placed under you, an aspect of your love, Dad, as, uh, 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 of your watching towards your wife, towards your children, is whether you watch or not. Teacher, whether you love your, 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 the kids in your Sunday school class or your master club class, your, your love for them can in some part be measured by whether you watch for them and their souls or not. This is important. We must watch and pray. Many are vigilant to watch for the wrong things, but we have a responsibility to watch against the enemy and watch for the souls of those that God has placed under us. Our own fate, the fate of others, depends in part on our watching. Failure to watch can cause both us and those that we are supposed to watch to fall into temptation and succumb to our flesh. The watchman from Ezekiel was tasked with seeing what others were not capable of seeing themselves or were not watching for themselves. We as Christian leaders and people with any level of influence whatsoever, there are people in your life who God has placed them under you for you to see things that they are not capable of seeing. There are some things in the lives of your teenage son or daughter that you as a parent are capable of seeing that they are not capable of seeing. And if you do not warn them against that danger, that is on you. I, I, and, I, and don't get me wrong, uh, I know it's difficult to have conflict 
with, with your teenage child. Uh, husbands, I know it's difficult to have, ha- have contention and conflict with your wife over something that you see that she might not be able to see, right? Uh, Christian leader, right? It, it's a difficult thing to see things that others under you do not see, but we must watch, and the reason why we watch, God gives us insight and understanding in a way that those folks might not have yet at that point in their life, and we are to warn them against the enemy. We are accountable to God for our watching. Knowing that we must watch is not enough. Simply seeing the danger going on around us and in our hearts uh, is not what watching is in its entirety, right? A lot of us, were good at seeing and discerning what's going on, but part of what we are doing as, as watchers is we are also warning. So it's not just enough to see, we must both see and warn accordingly. When we watch, it prevents a surprise attack from coming. On the morning of December 7th, 1941, the radar station on northern Oahu detected a large number of aircraft approaching from the north. The information was conveyed to the uh, lieutenant at the time, and basically, he didn't think it was a very big deal, right? Uh, at that time, uh, the, the intelligence community was, uh, they did not know where the main Japanese fleet was, and the radar actually had picked up the Japanese attack incoming, and the watchers, though they warned the next person up, they did nothing in the end, and that's when Pearl Harbor happened. They did not give, uh, the, the person who received the initial warning did not interpret that information accurately, and so the destruction still came. You might have Uh, a number of years of spiritual wisdom under your belt. You may have uh, spent a long time being faithful. You might be able to see uh, uh, in the hearts and in the lives of other people what is coming in their future based on their attitude and some of the actions that they're doing. You can kind of see and get an idea of where they're going. And when you do nothing with it, you have failed to watch as you should watch. I wonder what Peter, James, and John would have done had they witnessed what we read about Christ praying in the the Garden of Gethsemane. Tears, uh, great tears, blood in his tears, right? Crying out to God, right? Uh, That that had to be something that that you would have, uh, we, we would line up to see that today if we knew that was going on. You see Christ himself praying to his heavenly Father. But they missed it. They didn't watch and pray with Jesus as they were supposed to. wonder if Peter's story would have been different had he watched with Jesus as he should have. When we watch, it prevents a surprise attack, right? Jesus had warned Peter of what was coming, and Peter failed to adequately respond to what Jesus warned him about. And as people who are tasked with watching, when we, are, uh, when we see something, we're, it is our job to help prepare the defense for what's coming, right? Uh, I, I hope that uh, if you're the parent of a, of a child, you know, you, you're, you're, you're consulting with parents who have kids who are older than your kids to kind of get, just get an idea of what's coming, 
I hope that if you've not done that, you're at least watching what some of these older kids are doing and just seeing how those kids are and, and, and just kind of formulating a plan of, you know what, uh, if, if, my, if, if I see that, if I see something like that in my kids, you know what, uh, what, what am I going to do? How am I going to handle that? It allows you to prepare your response to what's going on. That's watching. That is being vigilant. That, that is something that's really, really important, obviously, in our Christian life. Without someone on watch, there's no time to prepare against the enemy. Without watching, others are not warned of the danger to come. And so how can we begin to watch? How can we incorporate this time of watching into our lives? I know uh, many of you spend time in prayer on a regular basis, and uh, I have some good news for you. Watching and prayer go hand in hand together. Right? When Jesus told his apostles to watch and pray that you enter not into temptation, right? when we are watching and seeing what God would have us to see and interpreting it how God would have us to interpret it, you know what, that gives us insight to know how we can pray for those that God has placed in our life. But if you're not watching what's going on in the lives of your children, if you're not watching what's going on in the lives of your family, if you're not watching what's going on in the lives of those who you minister to, you're not going to know what to pray for them about. You're not going to know what's going on in their life to go to the Lord and beg him to intervene on their behalf. Watching and praying go hand in hand, and we must watch so that we can know what best to pray for. When we fail to watch, we fail to see what God wants us to see. We then do not possess the wisdom from God to understand what's going on, and subsequently we do not know how to pray and how to address the situation. Paul's times of watching provided him direction on what to pray and what to fast for. Right? Uh, I, 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 I'm, I'm very biased because I'm the youth pastor, and so uh, I, I, I often speak, I always speak to the teenagers, but you know, when, when we think of uh, parents of teenagers, parents of children, right, if you have not encountered a situation, if you've not seen something in their life that's brought you to your knees to pray, that's not brought you to a special time where you're just up at night wondering what's going on or wondering how you can help them, praying to get, ask God for how you can better help them, right? You're, you're, you're asleep on your watch. There are times in the lives of every person in this room where it is absolutely essential for us to watch and pray. And, and it's more than just this casual Lord, uh, you know, uh, help Luis, he's got a boo-boo on his foot. Uh, you know, he, he, he needs to get better so he can go back to work. All those things are true, right? It, it, it's, it's more than that, right? There, there, there are real attacks from Satan where he is trying to devour the person that God has placed in your life. He's not playing games. He wants to destroy the life of your child. He wants to draw them away from God's plan for their life. Do you, do you realize how, how dangerous that is? And it's something that every person is susceptible for. Uh, to I don't care how dedicated you are as a parent. I, there, there are parents in here whose kids have gone astray for a time, and you are, good, you are a good parent. Nobody is immune to this. We all must watch. We watch by seeking to remain constantly vigilant. Pride and negligence 
will cause us to believe that we do not need to constantly watch our own life and the lives of those that God has placed under us. Pride and negligence. Combination of the two. I don't know about you, but uh, there there have been times where I've been neglectful to watch as I should. And you know what? When when, when I'm reminded of it, you know what? The the, the thought comes back to me and says, you know what? Uh, I need to be I need to be a man that prays without ceasing. I need to be a man that watches and prays. I need to be sober and I need to be vigilant. And so we must seek to be constantly in a spirit of watching towards those that God has placed in our life. If we're going to begin to watch, we must make sure that we incorporate it into our time of prayer, a time of, uh, we, we need to make sure that we're Thinking, thinking and contemplating as we pray, not just going down a list, but stopping and thinking as we go through that list and allowing God to speak to our hearts. That's part of our watching. We need to be, seek to be constantly vigilant. We need to catch ourselves whenever we fall asleep and realize that, hey, I've fallen asleep. I need to get back at it. And then we need to, lastly and very quickly, we need to recognize special times of watching and hunker down and do it uncomfortable, sleepless times of watching. Paul included that in the things that he did that were very, very difficult, painful things. And in these uh, seasons where we need to have a special time of watching, we are often distracted by other things. We're often uh, off in our priorities And so we neglect those special times and seasons where Satan is attacking those that God has placed in our lives. And you know what? Uh, Hopefully by the grace of God they make it through. But uh, you know what? Uh, If we don't warn them and watch as we should, you know what? It's on us. The watchman that does not warn, the watchman that doesn't blow the sound of the trumpet, uh, if any are taken, uh, the blood is required at his hand. Distractions keep us from these special times of watching. Love of sleep more than the love of those that we're supposed to watch over. Very simple. And, you know, I, 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 everybody likes to sleep. Everybody needs to sleep. But there are things in life that are more important than sleep. There are people in our life who need us right now to watch. Right? Maybe, maybe one of your children, maybe your spouse, maybe your friend, maybe your ministry partner, maybe somebody that God has placed under you is going through a special time where Satan is trying to sift them as the wheat, and it's up to us to watch and to pray, to warn, to recognize, and to warn against the attack of the enemy. Are you vigilant to watch? If not, you could change that today. Are you neglectful on the special times where you should be watching? If not, prepare yourself. If, you, if the Lord wakes you up in the middle of the night, maybe he woke you up to pray for somebody. Uh, I, I, after I heard somebody say that, I, every time when I wake up, if I gain enough consciousness to have any kind of thought, I, I always think, Lord, uh, who, who, whoever I need to pray for, bring them to mind, and I, and I, and I stop and pray for them. I don't stay up all night praying for him, but, uh, you know, I, I at least take time to pray. We could start there. 
Watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. Watch for your, your own soul. Watch for the souls of others. I'm going to go ahead and turn it over to Pastor.